Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, joined by my co-host, the Zoobs. Man, a lot to talk about today. It's going to be a busy one. Oh boy. It just, it just started coming and it didn't stop coming all week long, all weekend long. Yeah, we got, we got tons, tons to talk yeah. about. And, and it all kind of started in that game against Philly on Saturday night. First of all, it was a, a, a 3-2 shootout loss. So for the second time in a week going to a shootout with Philly, we got the best of them the first time around. They got the best of us on Saturday night. But even worse, uh, losing Mitch Marner to injury, and it looks like he's going to be out for four weeks. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, and then Michael Hutchinson was waived as well today. So that was some big news as well. We'll chat about that. But I think first we got to get into these Don Cherry segments. Uh or this Don Cherry conversation here, a uh, very controversial uh, rant that he made about immigrants. Uh, and and they're, I guess, uh, he, I don't really know how to take this because, it, you know, Don Cherry is so beloved in the hockey world, but it seems like for the past few years now, he's kind of started to lose a little bit of his luster uh, as, as he's grown uh, with age, what was your take on on Don Cherry, and did Sportsnet do the right thing by by uh, letting him go today? Let's get one thing perfectly straight, my friend. You don't need to say the specifics because you can just say Don Cherry said an offensive thing about people from another country, and there are off the top of your head probably a dozen times you can think that that applies. The fact that this situation. Uh, is the one that got him fired is just a matter of it being the latest one. And we're at a time in our society where things don't slip. Uh, we're talking about an 85-year-old man. 85 years old. Like, that's ridiculous that he is on television with any kind of platform for any reason. The premise of his segment is to talk about hockey. And he has not given a reasonable or useful hockey insight in as long as I can remember. This is a long overdue replacement. And I think that, you know, Sportsnet was probably wanted to do it last year. There was rumors in the summer that he wasn't coming back. And there was such a buzz about people being upset about it. And you have to weigh, are are people going to be upset about him not coming back? Or are they going to be upset about us having to apologize for what he says every six weeks? And this is the time he said it, that it went too far. Uh, the fact that there was there were statements out by the NHL, there was a statement by Sportsnet, there was a statement by Ron McLean, there was a statement by the Players Association, there was a statement by Budweiser, all coming out and saying that what he had said was wrong. Uh, writing's on the wall, man. That's the game. That's 2019. You you it doesn't fly. It's not the 80s. You know what I mean? It's it's not like no one is. We're not in the 70s Cold War where you can go, oh, the Russians are our rivals and everyone from Europe is scary. Like, that's just not the reality of 2019. Uh, like, most of many people who cheer for the Maple Leafs or any hockey team, uh, they're going to be fans of guys who aren't Canadian or American. We talk about Ilya Mihaev, We talk about William Nylander all the time. Frederick Anderson, guys that we love. And that's not even the point, right? The point isn't, isn't even hockey players we love. It's not even about hockey this is this is the thing right he wasn't even talking about hockey he's using his platform to talk about this totally different thing and doing it in a ridiculous way that has no place first of all on a hockey broadcast second of all on one a national broadcaster that is funded by tax dollars no place for this so uh i guess you could say i was in favor of the move (laughs) (laughs) i i guess you could say that as well he seemed very passionate about it he's 85 Um, years old (laughs) 
I know, I know. I, I mean, he's he's a guy who it seems like is, you know, like four or five years ago, really. He should have just packed it in and, uh, you know, called it a career and just kind of just watch hockey on his off time and then still be the beloved Don Cherry that we all know. And now there's going to be like another little blemish on his uh, at the end of his career here. And I'm just kind of curious as to whether you think that at the end of the day, is he going to be celebrated as one of hockey's biggest icons, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, or, you know, when, if, if, or not when he if, dies, but like when he, when he passes, yeah. you know, are people, of course, um, yeah, absolutely. you know, how is he going to be thought of then is kind of my question. Obviously it's easy to kind of spite the guy right now because of the word, the, the comments that he made uh, this past weekend. Um, but what I thought was kind of interesting, or not interesting, but, you know, everybody came out and, and apologized, saying that we don't support the comments that Don Cherry made, and he never came out and said anything, and then Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun came out, and he was the one who actually broke the news that he had been fired. Uh, Joe Warmington uh, apparently has a close relationship with Don Cherry and ended up writing a piece. Uh, Don reached out to him and, and, and wrote a piece, and essentially he stood by his comments, which I thought was kind of the... You know the last straw. It's just eh. he's eighty-five years old. What it Michael. seemed like, I know it, it seemed like. When's the last time? Oh, you I know. I totally agree. When's he's, the last he's, time you spoke done. to an eighty-five-year-old? They don't walk back comments like. Yeah, very <laughs> true. Yeah, he, he's and he's always been very stubborn. Like, when have you ever heard him say, "Oh, sorry, I didn't mean that." He's he's very much a stubborn. He still doesn't say the the, the Sedines properly. Like they went back to back years winning MVP, and he called them the Sundines. Jared Spungin, like he just. It doesn't even matter, even when it comes to pronunciation of names. He just does whatever he wants to do, and it's kind of it's gotten worse and worse with age. His takes have have been hotter and hotter uh, over the last few years. And uh, you know, what, what it seemed like is actually, you know, Sportsnet sat him down and said, "You're either apologizing or uh, you got to walk away." And he's so hard headed, he decided, "Nope, I'm done. Then I'm I'm don't I stand by what I said. I'm not apologizing." And here we are today. Uh, Saturday nights are now going to be different because as far as as long as I've been alive, as long as you've been alive, Don Cherry has been there for the coach's corner every Saturday night. And now it's going to be it's going to be different. You know, I, I just I, I think everyone's expecting that maybe Brian Burkle is going to end up being the guy that's going to replace him on the coach's corner. But I would assume that they're just they might go in a totally different direction here. You know, still kind of have Burke and maybe Ron McLean. But uh, Coach's Corner, to me, is is kind of dead at this point due to uh, the firing of Don Cherry. Yeah. Man, he's so far past his prime, it's it's laughable. Like, yeah. g- give me a break. Like, we, like, he had the chance. He had the chance to have the Bob Cole send-off where he goes to every rink and everyone waves at him from the booth, and we all appreciate him for who he was. Because Bob Cole is 86. We're talking about the same age group here. We're not talking about like, – we're talking about literally the same age. Uh, he had his shot when I think, you know, and this is beyond uh, my place to say, but there was a there was a chance when this new hockey deal came in that Sportsnet could say, listen, thanks for all your service. We're going in a different direction. Uh, and it's been nothing like, yeah, love, people love to see him growing up. I, I can't think of one good hockey insight he's provided in like 10 years <laughs> the, t- the time he kissed Kadri, that was it. Like that's that's about it. Um, so yeah, we move on. Like I, I, I you make a point. Uh, it's going to be different, but it was different when 
like it, this, this, he wasn't the first person to ever be on that show. Bob Cole was on there, and and you can go all the way back, right? There's uh, we've had many commentators uh, come through and be on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, and now Don Cherry is in the past. I mean, you know, there, there's. Foster Hewitt, we, we go back to all the people that have been Hockey Night in Canada, but the fact is, it's about the hockey, and it's supposed to be about the hockey, and hilarious that of all people, Don Cherry is going to get the stick to sports on the way out. You hate to see it. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, this weekend's not too far away. We're you know, just a few days away, and, and I'm sure Sportsnet and CBC is going to be scrambling to try and figure out what they're going to do uh, going forward, but... Well, that's it for Don. Uh, we'll see what ends up what he ends up doing uh, going forward. I, I I assume we're not going to hear much from him. No, like, like I said, he's he's 85 years old. He can just all right. I'm done. He'll get he'll get some sort of severance package uh, and just kind of retire, sitting up in his house and just watch hockey. Go watch some minor league games, and he can just do whatever he wants, I guess, for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, so that was kind of the big news that went down today. But over the weekend, a lot more news. Marner injury. Hutchison finally waived earlier today as well. Uh, we'll get into all that next. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Uh, Mike DiStefano here along with the Zoobs. Just when we start to re- like think, oh, good, we're getting healthy. We're going to get the full lineup out there. Muzzin's back. Tavares is back. Hyman is just days away from returning to the team. Boom. Drop with this Marner ankle injury uh, to be reevaluated in four weeks with a high ankle sprain. Like, the lease just can't catch a break here. Yeah, this is the, this is the, hey, this is the Saturday news that it bummed me out. Um, yeah. Fallout wise. Awful. Uh, and like, you hate to see a non contact injury. That's always. Uh, that's always real trouble. Um, you know, when somebody gets hit, you shake it up a little bit. When when somebody just sort of awkwardly falls on their own, uh, and hit, the scene of him getting off the ice looked really bad. Um, it's this is a rough one. This one hurts. I, and I know we've been maybe a little critical of his play, and he hasn't been stalwart five on five, and and you know we expect a lot out of him in this and that. Uh, he is going to be missed as somebody that has been in the middle of guys who are having great years. We talk about, um, you know, Mahayev played on the line for him, with him for a little bit, and Kerfoot cycled in there a little bit, and we've had guys play near him and play well without giving him a lot of the credit. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty missed, despite the fact that, you know, it wasn't a sterling start to the season. I, I think he's a really important driver of play, and especially over this next month, even though he wasn't, you know, leading the team, uh, he really is an important part of, of taking regular shift and, and, and driving play and, and, and playing big minutes. So this one this one's trouble. Yeah, and I mean, he's a guy who's killing penalties, playing on the power play. Five, like, he did it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, leading forwards in ice time, he was, uh, you know, he's a point per game. Like, he is tough to replace. Absolutely. He's not, like, as as poor, as critical as as we've been on Marner on this podcast, it's just because we have such high expectations that you know he's he just wasn't meeting. Doesn't mean that he's a replaceable player. He's not a replacement level player. And you know, just I mean, by looking at the stats, all right, he's got 18 points in 18 games, and we're complaining that he's not playing well. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show that 
you know, he's still an effective player even when he's not at his best. So this is a guy who's going to be, you know, he's going to be seriously missed in this lineup, but is there someone that you're hoping can step up in his absence? Oh, it's a tough one, man. We, we've been over the depth of this team, I, I, you know. Um, you got you got to hope that Spezza has something in the tank because he's, he's starting to, to dial in. Um, maybe we see more Patan. Really tough one. It, it's really tough to sit here and say that somebody needs to replace Mitch Marner because, just, as you said, right, a point-per-game guy, and we can nitpick and say, oh, a lot of those points are power play points. Well, they need to score on the power play too, right? And and we saw when you take out one piece, took out Tavares, they struggled to do that. So um, him missing goodness, no, right? Four weeks is the reevaluation point. It could be longer, uh, and he might not be ready to go right away because it's an ankle injury. I, I This is a tough one. I, I think you got to hope Spezza has something in the tank, and, and you have to hope that Nick Patan, um, you know, is able to at least break through at the big level and, and show that he's more than a dominant AHL player. It's going to be not one guy. It's going to have to be everybody on the depth who's going to have to have a moment or two here. Yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll see what they end up doing with the with the Lions. It kind of started off uh, to start the game on, on um, uh, Sunday last night against Chicago. More Tavares and Kapanen. Ended up getting slotted up there, and then obviously after a disastrous first period, which we'll talk about uh, in the next segment there, uh, Babcock kind of broke out the line blender a little bit. So it seems like, you know, because of the injury to Mitch Marner and the fact that Hyman still isn't back, I think he's willing to see if he can find something that that, that kind of fits because he's going to have to fill him for at least, like you said, four weeks. And, you know, I'm just perusing Twitter, uh, and, you know, a lot of people are saying that, they spoke to some medical officials, and they're thinking more closer to a six-week absent than four weeks. Mm-hmm. Then maybe in four weeks that he should be able to start skating and then at least another two weeks get back up to 100% uh, after that. So we may need six weeks to try and fill uh, Mitch Marner. The thing that is going to be interesting is if he is out for six weeks or at least a minimum of four weeks, they might be able to put him on LTIR yes. and should be able to put him on LTIR. So they will be able to... Um, that'll open up cap space. Obviously, that's, you know, I'm glass half full thought process right there. (laughs) Clearly, you would much rather have Mitch Marner. But, you know, they can bring Patan back up or they can try and and make some sort of move, uh, but they're not so strapped by the cap uh, right now. And then, you know, when Hyman comes back, we're all worried about how they're going to have to send people down, and it's funny because you talked about it too last week, saying, "Well, you know, we're we're working under the, the you know the pretenses that no one's going to get hurt. People are going to get hurt at some point, mm-hmm. so you know it, this isn't going to be you know the twenty guys going forward until game eighty two. No, there's going to be some fluidity here. Someone's going to get hurt, and <sighs> little did we know that it was going to be such a big piece in Mitch Marner. Uh, for me, I, somebody who I'm thinking hopefully can step up a little bit here um and he started the year off so well or started the year off not very well but he's been he's been playing good as of late and that is Kasperi Kapitan uh, I know that he he you know tried to be flanked by Tavares early in the season but that was when he was trying to play Zach Hyman's role maybe he's a little more suited to play more of a playmaking goal scoring role more closer to a Mitch Marner. So I'll be curious to see if Kapanen ends up getting... I mean, he started the game alongside Tavares and Moore uh, in Chicago. I'll be curious to see what they end up throwing out there uh, Wednesday night when they play 
the Islanders, but I think Kapanen's a player who's going to have to step up and uh, score some more goals. Not only that, the top line, I think, is really going to have to step up and be a number one line, and they played really well recently. You know, Willie Nylander, who might show up in, uh, in our good bads and uglies as, as one of the good players in the good storylines of the weekend, he's on fire. Uh, he's got 10 points his last 10 games, all primary points at that. You know, so if Willie Nylander and then Matthews had four points or four assists the other night, if that top line can fire throughout the rest, uh, th- you know, on a on a nightly basis at least consistently, I think they'll be in in a pretty good, pretty good position. Uh, especially considering that Tavares is back and he can he can also drive you know offense too, right? Let's not forget that. So I, it's going to be tough, but I think that it's it's sustainable. I think that they're it's not the end of the season if he's out for six weeks. I admire your optimism off a team that yeah, I try. just lost <laughs> to Philly and Chicago. <laughs> I try. I'm trying, like man. They didn't crap the bed in the first period against the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, well. Garbage. We'll chat about that. We'll chat about yeah. that in a moment. Yeah, uh, but before we get to that. My thoughts. Yeah. Before we do get to that, um, you know, I kind of also want to talk about Hutchinson, which might actually end up bleeding into the Chicago game. But um, unless you had any no. final thoughts, you want to talk about Marner? No, I think you. I think I think you're right that if it, it is gonna be one guy, uh, you you do hope it's Kapanen. Um Yeah, that's he's gonna have to be. There's really isn't much. There really isn't much else. Maybe. Um, yeah, no, it is gonna be Kapanen. You're 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 bang on there. Uh, but we're again we're looking at second line Trevor Moore here. That's the new reality. Yeah, we'll see what he can do. We'll see what he can do. He's got a lot more time to prove that he can play uh, in a top six role than we initially thought. Uh, all right, another big news item for the Leafs that happened today, actually earlier today. Michael Hutchinson waived, sent down on waivers. Casimir uh, Kaskisuo called up from the Marlies. I would imagine that Hutchinson will not be claimed based on his uh, his play this season, he's got a, a 4.44 goals against an 8.79 save percentage in five outings. Uh, recorded one point, he, he won, one point out of a possible ten. That's all the Leafs were able to muster up on nights that uh, Fred Anderson, or not Freddie Anderson, <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Hutchinson played. Uh, not good enough. And at the end of the day, that's not what you can keep throwing out. Like you can't keep putting him out there. He's had more than enough opportunities and I get it the team in front of him has also left him out to dry even in in Chicago they played bad at the first period they were awful god awful that goal on the power play like Jonathan Taze had a wide open cage but at the end of the day as a backup as an NHL goaltender not even just a backup as an NHL goaltender you need to be able to make a couple of key saves in a game to try and keep your team in it and Hutchinson he just wasn't able to do that uh, this season, so he's he's finding his way down to the Marlies. Yeah, I think I think both of these things can be true at the same time. We can say Hutchison was not put in a great situation and and never given a great chance to win a game, but we can also say that he wasn't good in the situations he was in. You went over his numbers in 879. It's not like he was great last year. He had an 887 last year with a 3.27 goals against. And, you know, with that 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 includes a good five-game stretch with Toronto. He was 
even worse than he is this year uh, in the four games he played with Florida last year. So I think we can we can say both of those things can be true. He, he can have had a tough shake here and also not done enough to hold on to the job. Um, you may as well. I mean, there's what do you lose in, in sort of churning this spot and hoping that somebody hits? Uh, he has not been worth very much. Um, and maybe it's something they look, they look to do to do a little bit bigger job of. Let me ask you this, though, Michael. Yep. How much does it concern you that it seems that the way that most teams are going forward is with two good goaltenders versus a clear one and two? Does it make you nervous at all? Um, nervous as a hockey fan or nervous as a Maple like, Leafs fan because of how the Leafs because are of doing. how because the Leafs steadfast okay. refusal to join that trend. Yeah, no, I'm 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 not a fan of it. Like. It, if you sit down here, we talked about when we did our over-unders, you know, I think we put the number at 59 and a half for Freddie Anderson, how many games he's going to play. So it's like, is he going to play to 60 or is he going to play less than that? And we both were hoping that it was going to be under, but at the end of the day, it really seems like, and we're now a month and a half into the season, the only games that Anderson has off are on night two of back-to-back. Like even, you know, last week when they played L.A. at home, that would have been a good game to, to put in yeah. Hutchinson. 100%. Like, 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 why do you have to play your backup only on the second night of back-to-backs? Like, why can't they just, get, like, to give Anderson, you want to give him some extra rest so that he feels good about himself? Give him those easy games. Like I'm looking, like that game against LA next week. Uh, who do we have next week? Is there any games that I can see here? Uh, so this game against Detroit on the 27th, I see that might be a game in Detroit. You go ahead, you start your your backup goaltender, and then that gives for a shoot that'll give him six games. Freddie Anderson six days worth of rest between Colorado and Buffalo, uh, and then. You know, the very next day, it's a home-and-home against Buffalo, so it's a back-to-back. But who cares? If you want to play your your backup goaltender, I guess that'll end up being twice in a week. But at least you're keeping your starting goalie fresh so that he can be at his peak performance on a nightly basis. Playing him 65, this year I think we look at the number with 14 back-to-backs, and if that's legitimately the only time that Babcock is going to play his backup goalie, that means that Freddie's going to get 68 starts. 68 <laughs> starts. That yeah. is ludicrous in 2019. We know we have so much information that tells us that that number 60 is such a, a magic number. And if you can somehow just sprinkle in some games here for your backup, like last week against L.A. or in a couple of weeks when we got uh, when we're playing Detroit and, and going forward, you know, teams that are at the bottom of the barrel. Go ahead, give your backup goalie those starts. I know you want to make sure you get points, but at the end of the day, you also need to try and make sure that you keep your starting goalie in tip-top shape for those tougher games against tougher opponents. I think, uh, first of all, perfectly said, and it'll be Thank my, you. It's, it's my turn, <laughs> I think, to go on the baseless optimism train here and say, I think with the situation with Casimir Kaskisuo and the fact that he has never played an NHL game and the fact that he is a guy and he's 26 so he's not a prospect but he's somebody that, that they know is coming in without any experience at all in the league I want to believe he will get a, 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 an easier introduction into the lineup I, I think I think Babs is going to try to get this guy 
like you said, against Detroit or anything but the second half of a back-to-back. I, well, <laughs> I want to believe you're going to put this guy in a good spot. They got a back-to-back this weekend. Never they mind. got Boston at home, and then they're in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Never mind. Against Sidney Crosby. So, Welcome I mean, to the league. Well, yeah. Exactly. So, what are you going to do here? Like, are you going to start Freddie in back-to-back games? Mm, doesn't seem like Babcock's open to that. Never mind, then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's the way that the schedule is unfolding. They have so many, back, like, they had four back-to-backs last year, oh, or boy. last month. They have three this month. Like the terror, it's a it's a tough schedule to start the year for Toronto. You know the back to backs are definitely going to fall off uh, in the second half, which should be good going into the into the playoffs. They'll have a little bit more rest, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I just deep down, honestly, I think maybe if they can put if they end up putting Marner on LTIR, maybe they do try and make a move and go out and, and acquire a better goaltender, a better backup goaltending option uh, because they're not going to be so up against the cap. Now, once Marner returns, they're obviously going to be up against it and they'll have to make another move. But, you know, I think, like you said, this seems to be the trend. Maybe the Leafs do need to try and do that because they've left nine points now on the table uh, by starting their backup goaltender. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you're only – that's – that can't happen. You got to think you got to at least get four out of ten points if you're starting your backup. I know you're you're at a disadvantage, but you got to think that he could steal you a game or two, um, especially with such a talented lineup that the Leafs have. So you know maybe they end up going out and getting themselves another tendy because I don't believe that Kaskasuo is going to be the future. You know he's playing really well in the AHL, but you know we had uh, a heart of lad on last week. And he said he as well doesn't think that Kaskasuo is quite a legitimate option in the NHL, at least not long term. Maybe he could come up and, and you know spell a game or two, but he, he doesn't see him as a long term NHL backup option. I mean, who knows? Maybe he does. I mean, Jordan Bennington was uh, the fourth string goalie for the Blues a year ago, and then now look at him. He's, he's a Vesna candidate. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what ends up happening with the backup goalie situation, but uh, I just I I don't think they've found it. I'm gonna go ahead, go out on a limb and say that they're gonna end up with uh, with a, another goalie s- relatively soon. I'm not gonna put a date on it, but relatively soon, I think they end up with a better backup. Okay, that's uh, that's bold. That's gonna take some cap uh, dancing, but. Uh... I respect it. Well, if if you know if Marner ends up on LTIR for six weeks, yeah. that gives you six weeks to figure it out. Yes, yes, it does. You know, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I better hope so. We'll figure it out. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll recap those games against Philly and Chicago quickly. Uh, but first, let me tell you all about Blue Chew. Uh, Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get an extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can't take them any. You can take them anytime, day or night, uh, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's also for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game. But if you're only a one-and-done, Blue Chew can help you even through round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than any pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. That's you, our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. BlueChew is better, cheaper, Faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Uh, man, it's been such a, it's been we we talked a lot here, so let's let's keep this one short and sweet since it was kind of a depressing weekend in terms of gameplay. Uh, a three-two overtime loss or three-two shootout loss to Philly. Um, they lost Neil or they lost Mitch Marner in that game. Other than that, what were your takeaways? Uh, you know, um, it's tough to over the, the Marner thing really throws a shadow over the whole game. It, it really makes it tough. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I thought, um, I, I think they're better than Philly and, and I, it, it's disappointing, but I understand that Marner really throws a wrench into things. I thought they were the better team. I think you look at the possession numbers, they were the better team pretty much the whole night. Um, you know, the, the high danger stuff was pretty even, I, I you know, we got to get back to, we talk about this a lot, but the the just not overpowering these teams that they appear to be a lot better than um it, it's going to come up again obviously but yeah not a not a great one not a great one for me no and, and realistically like I, Freddie Anderson made a number of great stops to kind of keep this team in it and then Willie Nylander I thought he had a pretty good game as well but ultimately not not a very good game um for Toronto and it kind of carried into the First little bit of the Chicago game, a 5-4 loss to the Blackhawks. And for that one, it was kind of all about the start. You know, they, they were down 4-1 after the first period. They were down 3 nothing in, like, what, the first, like, 10 minutes of the game? Yeah. It was bad. I, I The first period was awful. I know it was on the second night of a back-to-back, but, man, like, Chicago's not a good team. They're not the Chicago of old like, did that concern you that the Leafs were being outplayed that badly against the Chicago Blackhawks? Oh, yeah. Uh, just, like, just a brutal, just a really bad start. Never really got, uh, I mean, they did they did get their footing, and I thought they were the better team uh, by far in the second half. But, you know, it, it's a tough league uh, to do four goals and five goals. Like, it, 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 you, you have to be... Really, really, really ready to go. Um, I thought they can, you know, they were the better team for the second and third period, but it was too late. Um, yeah, this one, this one, that 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 start, just unacceptable. Just like have to be better. I, I, what can you even say? Like they were sleepwalking. They're getting, they're getting danced and they're getting walked. And man, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. What was funny is like I, the thing is though, like that was a winnable game for the Leafs even down the stretch. Like, they were down 4-1 after one, and, you know, Hutchison, all right, credit to him, he he kept them into the game all the way through to the third period, and the Leafs ended up kind of coming back, um, and, you know, 5-4 is how it ended, so it, it, it was it was close, and 
They had 57 shots on goal. Honestly, and the way that they finished that game out, if there was five minutes left on that clock, just another five minutes, Mm -hmm. I think they would have been able to tie that game. Absolutely. And what's interesting, too, is, you know, when they're playing from behind, it seems like they they, they have so much more urgency to score. And I kind of liken it to a soccer philosophy. It seems like, you know, they try and play this slow defensive style of hockey that Babcock likes, and then they hope to, you know, somehow get the lead. And then once they get the lead, they can kind of just keep the lead and then have a a low-scoring game, low-event hockey game, and that's kind of what we've seen over the past couple of weeks out of this team. But in the third period and even the back half of that second period yesterday, we saw more of the high-flying you know, free shooting Maple Leafs of old, the team that we kind of expected to see coming into the year. Did you did you catch on to that at all, or was was, was that just kind of a... No, I think it was, absolutely, I think that was, and it was by design. I think that was, they, they not by design, out of necessity. They, they had to to do that, to get, to catch up to the, the hole they put themselves in. I just wish, I wish we... But they played better that way, so why I know. not play no, that I know. way the I, whole time? I wish we could like, you look at the roster. from this crap, from, from, from right? starting every... It's like they go down one nothing in the first 10 minutes of every game. Uh, to do it 3 nothing to, to a team as bad as Chicago, uh, boy. I, it, disheartening. It was a disheartening one to, to come off the back of Marner getting hurt and to say, okay, who's going to step up? Who's going to be ready? And, and, you know, not to draw parallels across sport here, but the Raptors... Literally later that night, without yes. Kyle Lowry and without Serge Ibaka, beat the fucking Lakers. Like <laughs> to watch both of those back to back and be like, well, like I know they're different sports and it's different teams, but it's just I don't know. The, 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 it takes them two goals to get into games a lot of the time, and I don't know what that is, but it it's trouble because they can have all the they can have all the possession stats, they can win Corsi every night, but if they start every game down one nothing and two nothing. Uh, they're in trouble before they get a chance to really assert who they really are. For those who didn't watch that Raptors game last night, right. let's say it was fantastic. <laughs> and and I would say if I was going to compare it, like the the games that, you know, uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Chris Boucher and uh, who Terrence Davis, the games that they had, let's say th- this is how excited Raptors fans were watching that. That would be as if, you know, Timoshov had like a three, like a, a hat trick, or uh, yep. you know, Cody CC came out and was flawless, had a two point night, and just you know was was playing sound defensively. I know it's tough to ask, but let's say that happens. <laughs> like it was just that was a great game, and I'm excited to see tonight when they're playing the Clippers, <laughs> yeah, and Kawhi if they can you know kind of repeat the performance. But no, it's a really good point, you know, th- and and that's the difference, you know. The Raptors are a championship team, yep, and that's what the, you know next man up mentality. The Leafs they need to have that. They didn't have it when Tavares was out. You know, they stayed afloat. They didn't completely sink, but now that this is going to be a little bit of a longer uh, injury, you know, Marner's going to be up more long term someone's going to have to step up, and that next day mentality is going to have to bleed into the Leafs' mindset. And I like what Tavares said after the game against Chicago. You know, he kind of, he's, he's taking it on the chin there saying, you know, we all need to kind of step up, and it starts with me. So, and it's, it's funny that he says that because guess who the Leafs are playing next? The New York Islanders yeah. in boy, oh Long boy. Island. So, 
He is going to be fired up for that next game uh, Wednesday night. Uh, all right, good, bad, and ugly, real quick. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna fire them all off, right? Yep. Uh, go. Good, Nylander. I think that's. I think we. You know, he he continues to be a bright light. Uh, he continues to play very well. Do all the things you want him to do. Uh, bad. I'm giving this to the start against Chicago. I know that's sort of a cop out, but it was so bad that I can't stop thinking about it. And ugly. He's obviously losing Nylander. Uh, not losing. Sorry, losing Marner. Um, not just that he's out four to six weeks, but a really, just the scene of him getting hurt was really, was really damaging and it it was really, uh, sad to see. And the way he got reeled in at the bench and the way he was like struggling to get off, um, really just disheartening scene. So that's mine. Uh, very similar to me, uh, for my good, the Matthews line as a whole, uh, you know, with Marner or sorry, Marner, uh, Matthews, Nylander and Janssen thought they had a really good weekend, uh, bad, same thing as you. I thought the starts, they started awful. Or they started bad in Philly, awful in Chicago. That's got to turn around. And ugly, Michael Hutchinson. Uh, just a, another ugly performance out of him. Again, not completely his fault, but at the end of the day, he's got to come up with some saves, and, and he hasn't been able to do that. And that's why, ultimately, he's being sent down to the minors, or at least been placed on waivers. I would be very surprised if somebody <laughs> claimed him. Uh, but... You know, for now, he's he's not going to be in the NHL for a little bit. All right, uh, that's going to do us for uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck and follow the Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. All right, be sure to check back in here tomorrow. We'll be chatting some more Leafs-related news. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.